1: to drop in the gloves with former NHL All Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. John
0: Scott, the All Star Man. John Scott, the Man. Thank you for listening to Drop in the Gloves with John Scott. Whoa. Yeah! Good. Morning, everybody. Welcome back to Dropping the Gloves. I love a good Friday episode, Tim. It's the best. You know, I don't want to say I'm, I'm a modern-day Nostradamus. I don't want to go that far. But my predictions for these first four series, they're coming to fruition pretty, pretty quickly. They're fast and the furious. Going into this second round, I said the Oilers and Flames. I said the first game, don't be surprised if it's 8-5. Did I not? It's going to be just back and forth, tons of goals, and lo and behold, it was just a ton of goals. The other series, the Rangers and Canes, you and I both agreed it's going to be a low-scoring, tightly contested game. It was. I said the Lightning Panthers. This is going to be a sweep. I said, I I, I wasn't sold on the Florida Panthers. So I said the Lightning are just they're too much for them. The Panthers, for whatever reason, in my brain. They just don't have it. And lo and behold, they're down 2-0. And then the Blues and the Avs, I said, don't you sleep on these St. Louis Blues. They are really good. Everybody had the Avs winning in five. Maybe they'll stretch it to six, but the Avs are going to win. And I said, don't you, don't you dare do this to the St. Louis Blues. There's a lot of unknowns on this Avs team. Yes, they dispatched the Nashville Predators in four, but who the heck were the Nashville Predators? Honestly bunch of bunch of thugs on ice trying to bully everybody around nobody cared and now they're finally getting a test and maybe they're not answering it very well and now that series is tied one-to-one of the juggernaut colorado avalanche i've been reading all these articles oh they're so good they're unstoppable modern day detroit red wings with the eisermans federals all these guys yeah let's just pump the brakes here on the colorado avalanche i do think they'll win the series. But maybe it's going to be a little bit more difficult than everybody thought. Everybody besides me. Because I knew exactly what was going to happen. And that's what you get here, everybody listening to the Drop in the Gloves. Just in depth, correct predictions, right, Tim? Are you sure you didn't say the Avs were going to sweep the Blues? No, 100% I did not. I said the Lightning were going to sweep the Panthers. And I said the Flames are going to sweep the Oilers. Okay. Fact okay. Check true. Go back and listen to the episodes. I listened to all our episodes multiple times and I didn't maybe, <laughs> me, allegedly I do. I should say that allegedly, but yeah, that's why I, our numbers are so good. It's all you. Oh, so thousands of listens I do every day, but no, I did not say that because the blues are too good. And I, and I still, it's, it's funny. All these teams are great. I don't trust most of them. I trust the lightning cause they've been there, done that. And I trust the flames because I think they're coached well and built built for the playoffs Oilers have questions. Canes have questions. Rangers, Panthers, Avs, and I do trust the Blues. I do, but I don't think they have the amount of talent that is necessary to win a Stanley Cup. But there's out of the eight teams, I think I trust three of them. And there's not that I don't trust the other teams, but there's question marks. And when there's questions, that means there's problems. And when there's problems, things can arise. And we're seeing it in the second round. So let's get into it, to the games last night. There was two games last night, and I think there's going to be two games tonight. and There's probably going to be two games tomorrow night. This was the second game of a seven-round series. The Tampa Bay Lightning-Florida Panthers are separated by a mere 75 miles. It's a short jog over to the Florida Panthers' home ring for Tampa Bay, and it looked like both teams were having home cooking because it was a good game. For, for all the accolades of how, how offensively gifted the Florida Panthers are, averaging more than four goals a game, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Kucherovs, the Stamkosas, the Hedmans, the Killorns, are missing Braden Point. A big, big hole in that lineup. It was a very tightly contested game. And the, the players who stood out for me in this game, Tim, were the, the ones between the pipes. Both goaltenders, they played really, really well. Don't you don't you think all all the the questions around Bobrovsky coming into this playoff round? He was the best player on the ice for me on both ends of the ice. I thought he played incredible. What did you think of the goaltenders? What did you think of this game? Just from a first glance, hot take. Give us the Stephen A. Smith special, Tim.
1: Yeah, I think the goaltender's played well. Even that that goal that Vasilevsky let in is probably one I think he would have wanted back. It was that weird shot that kind of tucked... It looked like under his arm, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that, I'm like, uh-oh, Vasilevsky doesn't usually let that goal in. But he settled in after that, and he played really well the rest of the game. But I think so far, this series has been kind of a dud. Like, even though it are pretty close games, it doesn't really feel like close when you watch it. And and from what I can tell, like, the, the arena in Florida was, was pretty quiet. There's not a lot of, like, the bitterness and hatred that I thought we'd see between these two teams. And right now, Tampa's got kind of it feeling pretty good. They... They're up 2 nothing on the road, heading back home. It could be asleep,
0: like you said. It doesn't seem like Florida really has a response yet. Well, these there was two series that everybody was excited for. Oilers, Flames, Lightning Panthers. Interstate, interprovincial rivalries. How do you follow up the Oilers-Flames Act? It, it's just you can't contend with what happened in Calgary the night prior. And what are you going to do? You know, they're not the same teams that they were last year when there was all that animosity, when Florida was trying to drive Panthers through the – through the boards and Tampa Bay won that series, I believe four or two. I think I said a sweep last show. I was wrong. It was four to two. It, it's a different series. Florida is a different team. They have transitioned from, you know, a slobber knocker punch in the face type of team to, we're going to skate around you. We're going to chip and chase. We're going to be offensively on, we're going to be on our toes. We're going to force you to make mistakes. The only problem is, and this is a problem with the Florida Panthers in this series. Tampa doesn't make many mistakes. They're They're a very experienced team. They don't overextend themselves. They've done this. They've been the Florida Panthers. They've been excited. They've been in the second round. They've been playing teams that they want to beat, and they get get ahead of themselves a little bit too much, and they end up giving chances to the other teams. And that's what I noticed in the first period. Florida was flying. They were in on the four check. They were being physical. They were getting some decent scoring chances, not grade A. But then all of a sudden – they didn't check themselves. Maybe they got a little too overconfident. Then all of a sudden, boom, you give up a two on one. Patrick Maroon almost scores. Boom, you give up another two on one. And I believe it was Sorelli almost scores. So Tampa's first two shots were great A two on one chances. And Florida didn't correct themselves. That's why the shot disparity is like, oh, Florida must have played great. When you look at the chances, when you look at the time of possession, the time of possession is fairly even if it's an even game. But as a, as a whole, I think Tampa had way better chances than Florida. Bobrovsky played great. He robbed Pilot. maybe the save of the save of the playoffs so far. Cross ice feed from McDonough, plot gets all of it. Bobrovsky comes across and just absolutely robs him. And he had a he had a few saves like that. And it was just a case of Florida's buzzing. Oh, they turn it over. We're going the other way, three on two. Florida's buzzing. Oh, they turn it over, going the way two on one or a partial breakaway. Nick Paul, if he if Nick Paul had any scoring senses, Nick Paul would score three goals a game does he not get so many chances every single game whether it's shorthanded whether it's on a four check and it, he always manages to get a chance where he's just like a tornado spinning around out there and he's got the puck and he's all alone in front of the net i'm like how does this happen the guy's six five He obviously you can see him and then he just gets these chances it's wild if he had any sort of mitts He'd get 35, 40 goals a game. He would be leaving the league and scoring right now in the playoffs. Because, does, Do you not see that? Or am I the only one just because I like tall guys?
1: No, you're right. He reminds me of Danny Paillet, Um, where Danny would get like two breakaways a game. It's, he was strong, fast, and then he would either put it right in the goalie's chest or shoot it off the glass. And it was just <laughs> like, Danny, come on. And he'd end up with like 11
0: goals a year when
1: he should have 25.
0: Nick Paul's special is to get a great chance and just throw it, throw it far side off the pad. He does it every time. I'm like Nick, just try to shoot it high, do throw a lifter on net. He just doesn't do it. He's a, he's such a good player. Even when he gets like out of position, he busts his behind back. He's the first guy back in the zone. He's the first. He's a what a pickup for the Tampa Bay. Like, honestly, a fifth rounder for Nick Paul, and he is he's been playing fantastic. They're third and fourth lines with Belmar, Maroon, Paul, Hagel, Colton. They're playing so great, so incredibly great. That's why that's what makes Tampa Bay great. But anyways, back to the game. Power play goal, another third and fourth line guy. Corey Perry getting bumped up to the power play with Braden Point being gone. Beautiful redirect, shot pass from Kucherov. By the way, he's sitting right between Perry, the defenseman, and the forward. You've got to get a stick on that guy. You you have to just adjust him, push him, make it a little bit more difficult for him. He just sits there like a statue, and Kucherov just throws it off his stick. Whatever. It was a good goal. Tampa goes up one one nothing. Florida answers one one, and it's just a back and forth affair after that. Uh, like you said, a pretty boring, exciting game. Nothing to you know write home about. There's not any great plays or scrums or hits or that this and that. The Bobrovsky save is the one that I'm like, oh, that's that's a good save. But then you think you're going to overtime, right? Let's go. We're going to overtime. Florida has a couple of good chances in the Tampa zone. Vasilevsky kicks it out. Tampa takes it the other way. A nothing play. A nothing play. A shot block. Puck goes into the corner. Kucherov goes and picks it up. This is this is someone should lose their job for this. And the, and the person who should lose their job. Is Mackenzie Uyghur because there's five seconds left on the on the clock. Kucherov's behind the net, and he's he's not all alone. Weegar's partner's on his hip for whatever reason, and you can go watch this. Uyghur feels it's his duty to go and blow Kucherov up behind the net. I need to hit this guy. I need to I need to make an impact play. Forzlig's on Kucherov's hip already. Uyghur leaves the front of the net goes and tries to finish Kucherov from behind the net. He throws it out to Colton. Colton goes top shelf game over. It's such an incredibly bad play for Mackenzie Wieger. He should not be allowed to play in the NHL ever again.
1: Wow. (laughs) He's a good player. That was a bonehead play though. I'm watching it right now on replay. It's like, yeah, I think he was like trying to be a hero and lay a big hit on Kucherov, which he doesn't even do. And then all of a sudden you got Ross Colton all by himself in front of the net and the air just sucked out of the building. 3.8 seconds left, and the game's over. Your,
0: your, your season is over. On that one decision right there by Mackenzie Wieger, I'm going to go and try to finish Kucherov. No situational awareness at all. None. You have to know what the time is on the clock. You have to know what the score is. You have to know what's happening in the game. Like, how dumb are you, Mackenzie Wieger? I'm sorry. He's probably a great kid bonehead play. He was just getting too excited. I talked about this when we first started about this series. They're getting too aggressive, too ahead of themselves. The key for Florida if they want to win this series, if they have any chance of coming back, less is more. This is what I tell my kids all the time. Patience. You have to be patient. You can't have everything now 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 now. I want the candy now. I want to go to the the pool now. I want to do this now 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 now. No, you have to be patient. You have to do your chores first if you're Florida before you go rushing into that corner. Look around. Is there anybody behind me before you go rushing in? If you're pinching, is anybody coming out of the zone? Am I going to get burnt? Is this going to turn into a 2 on one Be patient. They're so excited. They want to do everything now, make the big play, and be the hero, and win the game. That's not how it works. This is the playoffs. And they did it in the regular season, so they thought maybe they could just transition it to the playoffs where they had all these epic comebacks. They were down three goals, down two goals, down four goals. And they would come back. You can't come back in the playoffs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. You can't do it. They're not going to let you do it. If you're down one goal in the third period to Tampa Bay, good luck. Good luck. They're going to take advantage of your overextending yourselves and extend their lead. They're not going to give you anything. And that goes for all the teams if they're a smartly coached team. And Florida, the only way they get back in this series, Bobrovsky's playing great. That's not the issue. Their defense is playing solid. They have to be patient and just plug away. You can't just expect to blow every team out. And I don't think they have it in them. I don't think mentally they can do that. I think Tampa Bay is better than them at that facet of the game. Florida might be more talented. I don't, think, I don't think they're as disciplined and as mentally there as Tampa Bay is. I really don't. So as soon as they get down the goal, they just get excited. They're not, they're not strong enough to be like, you know what? We're going to keep chugging away. They overextend themselves. Everybody's trying to do everybody else's job. Uyghur goes in the – it's such a bad play, Tim. It's such an incredibly bad play. Is there any chance for Florida in this series?
1: Well, I was just about to, about to ask you, like, is it? are you standing by your sweet prediction based on what you've seen so far?
0: The, the only reason I would change is because Borbowski's playing so good. Like, he, he's playing lights out. So if he continues to play this way, I do think Florida could squeak out one, maybe two games. But I think the series is over. You can't lose your first two games at home and expect to win four out of five games with three of them being in Tampa Bay, I, I just, I just think it's a tough pill to swallow. You are not going to win two in Tampa Bay. It, it's they've dug themselves a massive, massive, massive hole, and I don't see them getting out of it. So, no, I think Tampa wins Florida. I do think they could squeeze out a game just based on how good Bob's playing. He's playing really great. These Russian goaltenders, my goodness, Shashirshkin, Bobrovsky, Vasilevsky, lights out. It's like they're really, really good. It's impressive. What are they, what are they drinking in Russia over there? Vodka, Tim. Lots of vodka. Lots of vodka. You're not allowed all to right. ask. That's... What, are we, what are we doing here? Let's, let's uh, move on to the next series. The Avs and the Blues. Not a sweep. Your, your Colorado Avalanche, infallible Colorado Avalanche. What happened to them last night, Tim?
1: First of all, I was the one who said if they make it to the cup finals, this is the toughest series that they'll play this entire run. Which and I, I disagreed on. upon, and I, and I still That's
0: disagree. Fine.
1: That's fine. You can do that. Um they us so just break down won. that one
0: point. So Calgary next series, there Calgary won't be as good as St. Louis and Tampa Correct. Bay won't be as good.
1: That's that's the closest one, but yeah, I but this is I and I said this right after Tampa looked tired against the Leafs and barely won that series. Yeah. Um they look good. This is before the two games they played against Florida, but
0: they look pretty good. Uh, you know who's looking really good is Toronto. This is a good case <laughs> for how good Toronto is because Tampa's having their not having their way with Florida, but they're up to nothing. If they sweep Florida and they end up winning the Stanley Cup, Toronto's gonna be like, Well, see, we lost to the we lost to the champs, we took them the furthest more than any other team. We, we, we're I good. Thought, we're, this is like the worst nightmare.
1: I thought you were gonna make a golf joke or something. You know, what's looking mm. good. Is Matthew shot a 75? I would throw.
0: never do that after Mitch Marner got carjacked. What a <sighs> crazy story. You yeah, hear about that? That's
1: scary. Yeah, oh, Very all right, that's scary. Let's,
0: abs blues so first period zero zero after one tightly contested game st louis looked like they had a little bit more jump compared to the first game kempfer looks strong binnington looks strong you know who impresses me that stinking Peron o'reilly butch line It's so good every time they're on the ice every time i see a shot every time i see a scoring chance it's always those three and they did it versus Minnesota, and I was like, oh, whatever." Minnesota's bad on defense. Every time they're on the ice, they're in Colorado's zone. It, it, they, it's amazing. They're so incredibly good. Are they the best line in this series so far? Do you think they're? Do you think at the end of this series, they're better than the McKinnon Landeskog, whoever else they have, the Rantanen line? Because right now, they have been the best line.
1: Yeah, I mean, they played really well so far, and I'm looking especially well a couple guys. O'Reilly is one of those guys that in the playoffs, he, he can win you games. He's yeah. so, so good. We started in 2019. He's so good at both ends of the ice. He's so strong. Uh, and David Perron, just, that man <laughs> buries his shots. I don't know what he's doing. It, he's not even like, you would never consider him like an elite goal scorer. The playoffs come around, you need a clutch goal. David Perron's on the ice. He's going to get it for you. He's done it's it seven multiple goals. years. Yeah, he's doing it now.
0: So after the first, everybody's everything's good for both teams. Everybody goes into the locker room. We're happy. We had a good first period. No one's made any drastic mistakes. Cue the second period. Darcy Camper must have went in after the first period and chugged a bunch of beers because he was atrocious from the second period on. Every goal St. Louis scored was weak. Everyone should have been saved. I don't know what's going on with goaltenders these days. The chicken wing. They're letting goals go in in the chicken wing. I don't know why this is happening, but he let in. The first goal was the Kairu shot on a transition play. A knuckler from the top of the circle. So he had enough time to adjust, goes in. Second goal, five on three. Aforementioned mentioned Perron gets a cross ice feed, not a cross ice. It went from the D-man up high to him. So not even that much movement from him. He has to go from the center position and over. It chicken wings him again. So he's there. He's in position. He just doesn't save it. He gets chicken wing there. Two nothing. Big test for the Avalanche. Like I was saying before, they never got tested when they played Nashville. I think they were down total in the whole series, Tim. The whole stinking series. What's six times four? 24. 24. All right. Well, you're not a math guy. It's fine. I know you're actually asking me. 240 minutes they played that series. They had a little overtime. So maybe 245 minutes they played in that series. They were down four minutes the whole entire time. That's insane. So they, they didn't trail very often. This was the first time they went into a, a period trailing. They came out of the period trailing. How are they going to react? What team is going to show up? They they had a good pushback. They score a couple minutes in on a power play, and then another weak one. A mistake by Kale McCarr. Well, I, I don't want to throw it all on McCarr. There was a transition play that Colorado does a lot where they win a draw. McCarr comes flying down the boards, and this – I think it's the winger who picks up the the one draw and drops it to McCarr and he goes around. He scored versus Nashville on that in the overtime game. So it's a play they work on. Bad little transition there. I think it was, gosh, there's so many vitches. There's Uchnevich is the first line for St. Louis. It's the Nankovich, or it was a vitch. Bad transition. Anyways, McCarr gets caught two on one back. Another terrible goal. Perron gets this puck. It hits his glove. It hits Kemper's glove. It was almost as bad as the Jack Campbell goal from last series where he looks at his glove and it's not there. It hits his glove and it just ricochets into the net. I don't understand. I don't get it. It's a bad goal. Three to one for Colorado or excuse me for St. Louis. And that was all she wrote. They could pick up an empty netter goal. Another terrible goal by Kemper. He's got to have that 4 one empty netter by Brandon sod. Now we got a series. It, it's it's a whole new series. St. Louis could have won the first game. They could have stolen overtime, but Colorado wins. They dominated the 13 nothing shot differential. They threw 100-plus shots at St. Louis. Bennington looks fantastic. The first line for St. Louis looks fantastic. The power play is still clicking for St. Louis. Their defense don't look that bad everybody was like that's that's their biggest weakness i defended those guys i think letty's going to play good perenco's going to play good Bertuzzo's going to play good oh and then you got justin falk everybody forgets about him forget about krug whatever even when he wasn't the lineup he was okay he wasn't the krug that he was in boston but he's a good player you got a serious tip. what are the keys for the avs here because they were supposed to walk through these guys they're the colorado avalanche are they done can i stick a fork in them yet well, what needs to happen for Colorado to get, not get back in this series, but for them, they played two games. The first one went to overtime. They only scored two goals. This game, they only got one. What What's going on with their offense? What do they need to do?
1: Well, they played really well in game one. Bennington made 51 saves. Let's not forget. Like they were dominating in shots and, and opportunities and all that. It was a close game, but it was really, they, out, they outplayed the blues the entire game, if not for Bennington. So I think they, they want to get back to that. And they need Kemper to be better, I mean those two goals you you let in a stinker every now and then you can 't let two in the same game like that, and I think three Three. So, three 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 he dropped
0: a deuce um, plus one
1: <laughs> so yeah, they need him to be better than that they need like as you like to say, they need to make the saves he 's supposed to save and he didn't do it last night, and I think the Blues, like the Lightning, are a team that capitalizes on those opportunities. So that's the kind of thing that I think that can really suck the air out of the, their lungs and everything like that. So I think Kemper's got to be the, the key there.
0: I agree, and I think you nailed it. I don't think he has to be what Bennington is right now, this this great goaltender making acrobatic saves and just keeping his team in the game. He has to be average. No one wants you to be a Patrick Waugh back there, Darcy just save the pucks that you're supposed to save it's a very simple concept it's not very difficult Colorado is a great team just don't scuttle it was like when remember when the Baltimore Ravens had that fantastic defense and Trent Dilfer was their quarterback and like Trent you're going to throw the ball 10 times throw it five yards and that's all we need you to do we'll win these games six to three we'll hand the ball off to Jamal Lewis and we'll win a Super Bowl he was a game manager that's what we want Darcy Kempfer to be. Darcy, stay in your net. Stay square. So Just let the puck hit you. That's all we want you to do. And he couldn't do it this past game. The puck was going through him, which is hard to do. I I, I challenge you to stand there and let someone shoot the puck on you, and they're going to shoot it at you and, and just see how many goals they score. Darcy managed to let three go right through him. It's an incredible feat for a goaltender. But, yeah, going into game three, tomorrow night for the Avs Blues, do you expect a bounce back? This, this is the question with Colorado, right? This, this is what we talked about all season long. Who cares about the regular season? We know they're a fantastic team. We, we know what they can do. We know their potential. What is going to happen when the rubber hits the road, when it's time to see what you're made of? What team are we going to see tomorrow night, Tim, from Colorado? What do you think?
1: I think we see a really strong bounce back game. I see, We see one of those games where McKinnon makes those beautiful plays. I think we see McCarr buzzing up and down the ice, and I think I think we'll see. I don't know if they'll win um, because it's a tough build to play in the play-in, and Bennington has played so well, like you said, but I think we, we won't see the avalanche that we saw last night.
0: I agree. I hope they have a good pushback because, gosh, I want to see them in Calgary in the second round. I really do. Or the third round, excuse me. That's that's my dream Western Conference final. Those two teams just going at it. Oh, I can't wait to see it. You know what else I can't wait to see? Tonight, when I order DoorDash, I don't eat meat on Friday, so I'm going to get a nice cheese pizza, and I'm going to use DoorDash. It's going to arrive at my door. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm going to use promo code GLOVESDDUS because I'm in Traverse City, Michigan. And it's going to be so good, Tim. I'm going to get 25% off free delivery. And you know what else is kind of cool? All of our listeners can get that deal, too. Not just me, the host of the show what isn't that crazy that's unbelievable i can't believe they're letting people get this good of a deal the same deal that i'm getting you plebs get the same deal that i get and i'm and it's my show john you put in the nhl how can i get the same deal as you that makes no sense listen i don't like it as much as you do i think i should get everything better than everybody else but they're not not doordash They're they're giving everybody this deal so listen all you listeners tonight Tell the wives, tell the kids, tell the girlfriends, tell whoever. We're staying in. We're going to order out. We're going to get some food from DoorDash, and it's going to be great, and we're going to get it cheap, and we're going to get it quick, and we're going to get a free delivery because we're going to use promo code GLOVESDDUS if you're in the USA. GLOVESDD if you're in Canada. Not the U.S., just GLOVESDD. So check it out. You get good deals. You get good food. Tell them we sent you. All right, Tim. got a couple games tonight, and there's one game I want to recap, but we're going to save it for the end because – I. What an, possibly the best playoff game I've ever watched in my whole entire life. It was incredible. Start to finish on, on the edge of your seat. Well, not the whole time you're on the edge of your seat. You might have taken a walk because it was, I think, five to one at one point, six to two at one point. But let's, let's check in on the Canes Rangers. You watched this whole game. You love this game. What, what did I miss from the Canes Rangers series, Tim? Break it down.
1: Well, yeah, I like the Canes, even though they beat the Bruins. I've been trying to figure out, and I haven't decided yet, and I guess it's kind of late now. Like, who's going to be my team now that the Bruins are out? Who am I going to watch and follow and root for? And the Canes, I hate to say it, they're a likable team. I like what they bring. Um, It was a good game. I watched most of it. The Rangers looked really good, especially in the first half of the game. Um, you had that play from Hedl in the first with a really bad turnover by Tony D'Angelo, just trying to go D to D from his own blue line. And Lafrenier just sees it coming, sticks his stick out and intercepts it. All of a sudden you get a three on one going the other way. And he passes over to Hedl who scores um, really good. So you can see this little play by is making in the last two series where it's like, you can see that, that star breaking out. Who said um, that?
0: Who said that? Uh, I think I said that a couple times. I think we should go back and listen because I might have said that. And that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then in the, in the first half of the game, the Rangers, was, I was first half of the third, the Rangers outscored or outshot the cane, seven, nothing, um, and 10, four for the third period. So they outplayed them for most of the game and Gallant, the Rangers coach said, quote, the first two periods were perfect hockey for us. I thought it was our best game of the year. I really did. And, and I'm kind of like, as the third period's winding down, I'm kind of looking over my shoulder. I'm doing the dishes or something, not really watching closely. All of a sudden, I look back. It's like a minute and a half left, and it's one-one game. And I'm like, "Wait a minute, what happened?" Uh, Ajo, it's a great, great goal. They left him all by himself for some reason. A little quick, little rush goes in, buries his own rebound. All of a sudden, it's a one-one game with about three minutes left in the third, and it's a different game from that point on. The, the Canes just looked like a better team in the rest of that that third into the overtime. And then you had Eric Cole of all people pick up a rebound from uh Brendan Smith shot it from the point in overtime. And he kind of skates it back out, turns and just fires it on net, goes off Ryan Lingren into the back of the net. It's an interesting fact. Uh, as as long as he's played and as many good teams as he's been on, he's been in Colorado, Pittsburgh, all these good teams. There's only a second playoff goal of his career. The last one was in 2016 when during that Pittsburgh run. So I thought that was kind of strange. That surprised me. Um and all of a sudden, yeah, the Canes win, even though they, they got outplayed most of the game. And I think that's kind of their M.O. Is that, is that comeback? Is that battling back? They're never out of it. And, and uh, the Rangers, I think, are pretty disappointed. They'd like to have that one back.
0: Yeah, definitely. And they, the Canes did the same thing to the Bruins, where throughout the series, the Bruins, at times, were the better team. And the Canes just hung around, managed to you know, keep it close, and then they score that last greasy goal because the Aho goal, it was just a defensive breakdown by the Rangers. You can't, you can't give them a little partial breakaway, and then he Shcherbakhin sure saves it, and then he's manages to pick up the rebound. So these Canes, these bunch of jerks, as Don Cherry called them, like they they are a pesky team. They have no business being here. They lost their starting goaltender, and the thing I like with the Canes, and this is this is going to pain me to say this because I they, I have question marks with them. It's not just the first line doing it. It's not just the second line doing it. It is a total team effort with them everybody's producing, everybody's pulling on the rope. Anti Ranta played great. They could, they could be the team coming out of the East. And maybe I just don't see it just yet, but it, it seems like every time I see the highlights, every time I watch a game, every time I look at the box score, it's not just the first line. And I know I, I said that was a key for them getting a Sebastian Ajo and Twaybo Teravine and all these guys going, maybe that's not the key. Maybe they're doing exactly what they need to do because how do you stop this team? Which line do you focus on? Yes, it, they have that first line, but the first line hasn't been doing that much in the playoffs. It's been a balanced effort. So maybe that's the key for them winning. Not, not having like the juggernaut line like Edmonton has or uh, these other teams Florida has. So I don't know. I, st- I still don't buy it. I think the Rangers are going to win this series, but I am slowly starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. I really am. I don't know why. Cocky and Emmy played well. I, I, it's just little bit by bit. I'm starting to buy into these Carolina Hurricanes a little bit, even though they had such a fantastic regular season. So did Florida. It's funny the top two teams in the East. I'm like, they're gonna lose. I don't. I don't like them. I'm gonna pick the bottom, the, the underdogs, if, if Tampa Bay could ever be called an underdog. But I know it's him. You might be onto something.
1: Well, good news for the Rangers is Shesterkin looked better last night, uh, the other night, and you know I think he probably would have liked that rebound back from the Aho goal, but you can't fault him on the lingering goal on it. If this is a sign of, of how we'll play
0: moving forward, the Rangers I think will be just fine. I agree. This is going to be a long drawn out series, like I predicted, like I predicted, a series that will not be long and drawn out, a series that could be over already, a series that it, it really was a fantastic first game, the Oilers and the Flames. It was everything you wanted it to be as a fan, as a coach, as a player, it probably was the worst game for both coaches. It was probably the worst game for all players involved. There were so many mistakes, so many blown coverages, so many bad plays, so many things that shouldn't have happened that a coach will just sleepless nights trying to fix all the problems because it was a terrible game from a hockey perspective, like a purist, like this is what we want players to do. It was run and gun, baby. It was new age. It was, let's just throw out the book. We're going to skate as fast as we can up and down the ice. Nobody's going to make a save. Markstrom played garbage. Smith played garbage. Koskinen played garbage. Everybody sucked who played in net. It was just a terrible showing at the end of the day for all the goaltenders. What what was Markstrom's final saves? I think he let in six goals on 18 shots or something silly like that. I'm not even kidding. I think he, yeah, it was six goals, 18 shots. It was a terrible stat line for Markstrom. And he gets the W, which is the most wildest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. But let's just break it down. So, first of all, 15 goals. That's insane for a first game. That's insane for any game. I, I went back and I told all the goals for the Flames' first series. He scored 29 and seven games. That's so, if they, just to put it in perspective, 29 and seven games. They're on pace for a 105 goals if this goes to seven games. I know it's you know, far-fetched, but it just shows how, and this is why I love the Flames. Let me put my coffee down. This is why I love the Flames, and, and I said it before the playoffs began. They can beat you in so many different ways, Tim. You want to play defensive hockey, Dallas? We'll grind out 2-1 wins. We'll grind out one nothing wins. We will play that type of hockey. We can we can beat you so many different ways. Oh, we're going to play the Oilers next round. They don't play really tight defensive hockey. Guess what? We'll put up nine on you. That's easy. We can put up nine any day of the week. We can, oh, you want to play physical? Okay, we'll play physical too. You want to play that game? Well, guess what? Lucic is the toughest guy in this series. Oh, who else is the second toughest guy? Probably good Branson. Third toughest guy? Probably Richie. Fourth toughest guy? Maybe Cassian. So you want to play tough? We'll play tough. You want to to score goals? We'll score goals. You want to play defense? We'll play defense. They can beat you in so many different ways. I love this Calgary Flames team. What was your take on this game, Tim? Because I think everybody knows Calgary goes up early. Edmonton flies and comes back. Calgary, you know, gets the win at the very end. What was your overall, you know, umbrella view of this game? Which team do you think is happy? I don't know, because... It's a weird thing. Nobody should be happy, I think.
1: Well, John, the flames won. So I I think they're probably decently happy. But even, I forget if it was one of the players or Stutter, but he said that was like the worst game we played. Daryl Sutter. That was, would he say that? Yeah. He's like, yeah, this is, I'm miserable right now. So um, Mike Smith, first of all, awful. Awful, awful, awful. Two goals in the first minute. And then he left another one a couple minutes later. And all of a sudden he's pulled. The building is rocking. That's a, at that point, I even saw some of our friends from Nation Network, the Oilers fans, tweeting about game two. Um, they're like, okay, let's figure out, let's get some momentum going. And, and they came, they battled back. They were but you said it, one. Tim.
0: Let me cut in. You said it. When you have McDavid, you are never out of it. I don't care what the score is. And you said this, like with McDavid, the lead is never safe. And they're up 3 nothing. all the momentum. Connor, Connor pulls them back. He's so incredibly good Tim all right sorry i cut you off I just wanted to give you a little props because you did say that
1: well i i the Oilers surprised me five to one you are down even three to one in that first five minutes and I'm like yeah they're out of it they're done and and battling back is something that we we haven't really seen from them before like six to six they tied it up this is the i want to say it's a new Oilers team and I don't think they have a chance to win this series but this is something new this is a, this is a step in the right direction i think that we haven't seen before so they they surprised me. I give them a little bit of credit there.
0: I and mean, my overall. Just, take- sorry, just to put ahead. the perspective, I hate cutting you off, but it was five to one with 13 minutes and 50 seconds left in the third in the second period. So the seconds midway through the second, they're losing five to one. Yeah. One minute into the third period, the game's tied six to six. So Edmonton scores five goals in 14 minutes. That's insane. Five goals in 14 minutes. That it just shows you the firepower of them. It's incredible, and every goal had McDavid, and Seidel stamp on it. They are so incredibly good. All right, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, just my last. My last comment is is how much the Battle of Alberta has has lived up to the hype so far. It's only one game in, and it's like this is so much fun to watch. These guys hate each other. This is a hatred. There's the little the extracurricular after every whistle, the Luchich hit on McDavid that started that big scrum. Um, You know, we've entered even Evander get in his face, but Evander wants none of that. You know, that I would love yeah. to see those two guys go at it, but they won't. Um, And I think Luchich, I think he's going to have, who's going to answer the call. Is there anyone that will fight Luchich on that team? Like he's Cassian.
0: This is the only one who would be dumb enough. Yeah.
1: To right. And I think, I think we'll see him uh bully his way into a, uh, uh another team win at this point. I think like he won't have an answer. And I think I could see him. The flames will win a game because of the, the physical uh, toughness that Lucic has at some point in the series.
0: It's the perfect series for him. It really is because Edmonton's fourth line wants to play that way. They have some physical pieces on the back end, and Lucic is just too strong. He's too physical. He's too tough and he's going to have his way. And the pride factor with Edmonton doesn't want to back down. So there's these scrums. The smarter thing, the smartest thing can, Edmonton could do, is just get out of the junk. Calgary's fourth line wants to start scrums. Nick Brett Ritchie, excuse me, I call him Nick. Brett Ritchie is a tough son of a gun. Like he really is. He he can throw him just as good as Luch. and they want to do this. That's their game, and they're gonna give you the extra shove. They're gonna hit McDavid. They're gonna do this. You got to stay out of the junk. That's Calgary's game if you want to go that way. And they are so effective at it. And they're so incredibly good. So my advice to Cassian, just ignore him. Don't let Luch go in. When we played Boston, when I was with Buffalo, we just said, don't poke the bear. Don't get Luch going. That's when he was in his prime. That's when he was so good. And he's reverting back to that a little bit. He's not as fast Maybe the hands have slowed down a little bit, but, boy, is he effective. I think he's embraced his fourth line role, and he's really, really good at it. He gets up and down the ice. He's finishing his checks. Every every whistle, he's scrumming it up. He's in somebody's face. He's trying to get under your skin, and he's doing a really, really good job. And Calgary, boy, oh, boy. Sutter's upset, rightfully so. Markstrom played terrible, absolutely terrible. There's no reason this should have been a 9-6 game. I think out of all six goals Edmonton scored, four of them were just – Awful, awful goals, like just terrible goals. Markstrom should have, should have saved. I, I don't know what he's doing. And the same thing goes for Edmonton though. If if they get decent goaltending, Calgary puts up nine, one was an empty netter. So they put up eight. I want to say five of them were savable goals. It was so incredibly just terrible goaltender play from both sides. I don't know how game two is going to go, but just if I'm an Edmonton or player, I think I'm mentally just, I'm so incredibly nervous. And their, their coach said it, Woody. He said, we put up six goals. That should be enough to win a game. This has been their problem the last couple of years. Goal pending defense. Now to compound on top of that, Darnell Nurse has really hurt. It's just been revealed he's, he's got a core injury. People have said inside Edmonton that he's going to require surgery at the end of the season. If you have a core injury, it affects every aspect of your game. He only had one hit last game. If you're Don Nurse, your game is hitting. Your game is physicality. You need to be in somebody's kitchen. If he can't hit players, if he can't play that type of game, he's a bad defenseman. He, he's ineffective out there. He doesn't have the hands. He doesn't have the speed to be able to be a dynamic player to kind of get up and down the ice like a Makar, even like a Tyson Berry. He's not that type of player. So if he can't hit, he, he might as well just stay out of the game. The bigger injury is, is Dreinsaitl. He's got a high ankle sprain. You noticed it. He was linking limping. After the game, when he was doing his interview, he was laboring on the ice. He still puts up three or four points. Like he's still an incredible hockey player. But when he's not at hundred percent, when Nurse is not at hundred percent, they're two of your top four players. I, I don't, I don't think they can overcome that. And it's sad because this could be a great series. It will be a great series. I think Calgary is going to sweep them. But I love the animosity. I love the goals. I, I love everything about this series so far. It, it's, it's the Battle of Alberta. And it's just fantastic. But it will be a sweep. As, as funny as that, I, as me saying that, it's a great series, This and that? Calgary's going to sweep in four-rep. I, I firmly believe that.
1: I just saw a great tweet from Kevin Papetti, who writes for uh, Least News. He said, every recap of the Battle of, of Alberta is going to be, Connor McDavid had four points, Leon Drysaddle scored twice, and the Edmonton Oilers lost eight to four. That's what every game is going to look like.
0: Do they listen to my podcast? Because <laughs> what did I say? Uh, my exact words were, if I'm the Calgary Flames – I'm going to give McDavid 3 goals a game. Did I not say that?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And, you, and that's that's what happened. Do you think we see
1: any any game in this series that's like a one nothing or 2 to 1 or is it yeah, all going to be the over?
0: Maybe game 3. Maybe game 3 when they go back to Edmonton and Edmonton can kind of just calm down a little bit. I don't know. I think you're bound to see a, a, a shift, a correction with players like, I'm not going to be minus five tonight. I, I can't do it. Maybe I'm not going to pinch because every time I do it, I get burned. Maybe if I'm Tyson Barry or Evan Bouchard or Duncan Keith, I don't need to chase that puck in the corner and leave Mangiapani wide open in front of the net. Maybe I don't need to do that. So there's always a correction, but there's just, there's so much firepower on both sides. There really is. And McDavid, he, like I said, he's going to get his three goals a game or three points or four points, whatever it is. So I don't know. Like the, the hockey player in me wants to say, yes, we're going to see a one-nothing, two-nothing game. The fan is like, "Nah, this is, this is going to be a track meet, and it's going to be fantastic. But I, I don't know. No, we're not going to see it. That's, that's my final answer. Lock it in, Reg. My final answer is no. But, yes, huh. they play tonight. Canes Rangers play tonight. Points bet, Tim. We, nailed, we nailed the points bet this past weekend. It was an under for the Canes Rangers first game. And we hammered the under. It was one nothing with five minutes left. I sent you a text. I'm like, under's looking pretty good, Tim. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. So what are we doing tonight, Tim, for Points Bet? We got two games. What should the fans do? Because they're, they're so flush with money right now. We've made them so much money because you go on Points Bet, you listen to our podcast, and you just win money. They just send it to you. So it's super easy. How much are we going to win the fans tonight and how are we going to do it?
1: I'm just going to go with the straight-up uh, winners here for tonight's game. I like the Rangers to tie it up in the series. Um, I think they easily could have won game one. I like them to tie it up. I don't see that team going down 2-0 against Carolina. And then I like Calgary to win game two. I don't think Edmonton's got anything to tie it up like we talked about. Uh, they're the far better team. So,
0: yeah, give me the Rangers and the Flames tonight. Who do the Oilers start in net? Smith, who was just atrocious, let's in three of those first nine, ten shots, all of them bad goals. Or Koskinen, who wasn't much better. Koskinen gave up five goals. Who, who are you playing? If you're Jay Woodcroft, it's like, yeah, what, am I going to pick the piece of turd that's a little one or the piece of turds that's a big one? Because they're both turds at this point after game one.
1: Yeah, Smith, two goals on five shots. sorry, three goals on five shots. Koskinen, four goals on thirty. It's you. I mean, I'm, my I say Smith. You know, you got to bounce back. He's been really good for you most of the time. And Koskinen, though, I will say, it's letting four goals on 30, 30 shots as a as a um, you know, as a replacement, as a backup who come who get called in is different from starting a game. It's a totally different situation, totally different mentally. Um, so you know, I, I could see him playing better if he gets the start, but I think you still go back to Smith,
0: Markstrom. A big seven eighty six save percentage after game one with the W. <laughs> Let's send six goals on twenty one shots. It's Who's so, their backup? It's okay, interesting so over there. Here are the save percentages for all three: Mike Smith seven hundred, Koskinen eight sixty five with with the with the trophy. Markstrom 786. It's so bad. They're so bad. It's just like, it's laughable. Who's got the green jacket so far? CC was dash three. Nurse was dash three. They they got the green jacket so far for the Oilers. Very excited for that race. Who's going to wind up with the most minuses in this? You know what's great is when you lose a game like this and you're plus one. Zach Cassian's walking into that room. Come on, boys. I'm plus one. Let's pick it up here. Kulak plus two. Bouchard plus one. Oh boy. Coleman had a game plus four. It's going to be a great series. I agree. Take the flames, take the Rangers. I agree with that. Are we ever going to talk about these Arizona coyotes? The debacle that continues to happen down South in Arizona. That's just been the release. ASU said, we're not even going to allow you to have your center ice logo painted on it. Like nothing is going Arizona's way. Are we going to touch on this? How just, they're just getting their show man. ran left, right, and center by this little college team that started, like, Arizona State, Sun Devils, Division One hockey team was started five years ago.
1: <laughs> I don't even think it's been five years. I don't know. There's so much other news going on that we could get into, but I think maybe I have to carve out some time next week to talk about that stuff.
0: It's just – it's it's an embarrassment to the NHL as a whole. If there, if we ever want to be taken seriously and be a part of the big three, the big four, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, you can't be doing this. And then Gary Bettman try to paint like a rosy rosy hue on it. Just imagine how electric it's going to be with 5,000 fans going crazy in that little rink. Conversely, just imagine how depressing it's going to be when there's only 1,000 fans in a 5,000-seat arena for a professional sports game. It's gonna Gary, you're such an idiot. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. Get out there, make a difference, watch some hockey, go to DoorDash, get use our promo code GAMBLE on points bet. It's gonna be fantastic, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Oh. Delivered by DoorDash.